Chapter Six of Baltimore Hats. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Dore. Baltimore Hats by William T. Brigham. Chapter Six. Some Old Firms. Of the hatters engaged in business in Baltimore during the early part of this century, many are worthy of more than passing notice as men of honest character, strict in their dealings, and successful in their business undertakings, gaining the respect of their fellow townsmen and becoming honored and trusted citizens of a growing community. When it is known what were the social surroundings of the old-time hatter in his youth, it seems a matter of surprise that such good fruit should spring from so unpromising soil. No one was supposed to be capable of conducting the retail hat business unless he had served his term of apprenticeship to the trade. An apprenticeship in those days was no trivial matter. It meant the surrender at an early age of home with its parental influences, a most dangerous experience for the untrained youth to encounter and was entered into by contract for a term of years, binding master and hand to its faithful execution, not merely a verbal agreement between parties themselves, but one solemnly executed by parent and employer, ratified and signed before a magistrate, and made binding, after all this legal form, by the attachment of the portentous seal of the orphan's court, before the boy could be considered bounden as an apprentice to the trade. This was virtually a surrender of all domestic control, giving to one not of kith or kin absolute guardianship of the boy. The habits and morals of the prentice were often a secondary consideration, if not wholly neglected. Thus, as a class, the journeyman hatters often developed into loose, shiftless migratory characters spending their liberal wages freely with no ambition beyond that of daily support and the surprise is that from such a source came notably honorable men whose lives seemed to contradict the whole theory of the influence of early training. To these worthy pioneers belongs the credit of laying a secure foundation for a trade that from humble beginnings has developed into one of the most prominent industries of the country, requiring extensive capital, liberal business capacity, and one that gives employment to a large, intelligent, and skillful class of people. Among those conducting the hatting business in Baltimore at the opening of the present century, Mr. Jacob Rogers, from his long and successful business career, as well as from being the only one through whom it has been possible to connect this special industry as it existed before the Revolution with that of the present time, ranks most prominently. What year Mr. Rogers commenced business cannot be ascertained, but as early as 1796, being nearly 30 years of age, he is found established at the corner of South and Second Streets, and in the year 1844, almost the middle of another century, after the lapse of nearly 50 years, and while actively engaged in business pursuits, his life was suddenly ended, his funeral taking place from his residence at South and Second Streets, his home for more than half a century. About the year 1805, Mr. Rogers erected a large factory on 2nd Street, near Triplett's Alley, now Post Office Avenue. This building was about 150 feet long, 40 wide, and four stories in height. Afterwards, a wing extension of considerable proportions was added. 
this establishment was one of the big concerns of the day and mr rogers was credited with conducting at this time the most extensive and prosperous hat business in the united states today not a vestige remains of mr rogers factory and upon its site is the extensive structure of the corn and flour exchange his store at the corner of south and second streets still remains however having been remodeled from that of mr rogers time the ground floor being now occupied by h w totebush as a cigar store in eighteen nineteen mr rogers took his partner in business his eldest son george the firm becoming jacob rogers and son in eighteen twenty three mr rogers leased from the carroll family the property number one twenty nine west baltimore street at the corner of public alley now grant street where a branch establishment was opened both establishments being continued up to the time of mr rogers death in eighteen forty four at which time the firm was jacob rogers and sons william another son having been admitted about the year eighteen thirty five upon the occasion of celebrating the laying of the cornerstone of the baltimore and ohio railroad in baltimore july fourth eighteen twenty eight a great event in the annals of the city the exhibition of trades was a most prominent feature of the immense procession and none made a finer display than the hatters george rogers commanded that division a description of which is thus given in the baltimore gazette and daily advertiser of july fifth eighteen twenty eight the hatter's car was drawn by four horses showing the men at work in the several stages of hat-making the group attracted much attention they carried a banner with a white ground and on the shield was a beaver resting on a scroll bearing the motto with the industry of the beaver we support our rights crossed with implements of the trade the whole supported by the motto we cover all basil sollers commenced business in seventeen ninety nine at number sixty eight market street a location on the north side of the street four doors east of what is now holiday street in eighteen o three he removed to number twenty two market street also on the north side four doors west of harrison street this latter place was previously occupied by brant and hobby as a hat store in eighteen o one and by stansbury and hobby in eighteen o two mr sollers continued in business on market street until the year eighteen thirty one when he removed to north gay number fifteen on the northwest corner of front street his factory was on east now fayette street three doors east of lemon street mr sollers continued in the manufacturing business until about the year eighteen forty james gould and company started hat manufacturing at number three water street in the year eighteen o two water street at that time was numbered from calvert to south street subsequently from south to calvert and lately renumbered as formerly number three the second building from calvert is now occupied by j e warner and company commission merchants in eighteen o seven joseph cox succeeded to the business of james gould and company and kept a retail store on the corner of south and water streets mr cox had the reputation of making a superior class of hats excelled by no manufacturer in the country selling at both wholesale and retail requiring more extensive accommodations he located his factory on the corner of little water and calvert streets where now stands the large warehouse of keen and haggerty tinware manufacturers in eighteen twenty nine disposing of his hat business to boston and elder 
he associated with himself his son james the firm becoming james cox and son dealers in hatters furs and wools at number one south liberty street in latter years the members of this firm having acquired a competency retired from business joseph pearson was established as a hat manufacturer in eighteen o nine having his shop on green now exeter street old town he changed his business in the year eighteen twenty four to that of dealer in furs for which baltimore in early days was a good market the catch of the trappers of the alleghanies and of the pioneers of the new west finding their way to baltimore and the otter and muskrat of lower maryland virginia and north carolina also coming in large quantities to this market the fur business of baltimore was then of sufficient importance for jacob astor to make mr pearson his representative agent in latter years the firm became joseph pearson and son dealers in hatters furs and trimmings at two sixty baltimore street all the members of this firm being dead edward connolly who was in their employ succeeded to the business afterwards changing it to a general hat jobbing business which is still conducted by edward connolly and son at two o seven west baltimore street john amos was a well-known and respected hatter of old town who commenced business as early as the year eighteen o nine at number thirty nine bridge street on the north side of the present north gay street between high and exeter his back shop or factory was on hillen street he continued business during the period of thirty years at the same place and died in eighteen forty seven at the age of sixty seven. End of chapter six. Some old firms.